We'll find out. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast. That's Arcana Kings with Here We Go. And all things considering, I think we're in really good moods tonight uh, <laughs> because things have gone off the rails. This is take four of uh, Piffles Podcast episode 241. I think we have it figured out now. Um, <laughs> this is your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. As always, you got Alex here. I'm Steve. And in the infamous words of my personal hero, Herschel Kristofsky, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, um, we'll pull back the curtains here a little bit. This is our fourth try at taking at doing this. The recording, it shows up there 12 minutes and 40 seconds. We're 30 seconds into the show. We've screwed up three times. Um, I've never laughed harder starting a show in my life. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but it is. Because <laughs> um, the IT guy is having tech problems. Not the first time, yeah. nor will it be the last time. No, sir. All right. Well, give us a follow on X, Twitter, uh, at PifflesPod. I'm at RealAlexD. I'm at Safamod. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. And that's at Blue Sky now, apparently. That's at X. You have that. Still, I, I'm not a th- I'm still, I have threads. I'm not on it. Don't even try to find me there. Not no. there. My Blue Sky has no posts yet, so. It's so it's basically identical to your ex and that there's nothing useful on there. Hey, people come to me for enjoyment. I mean, laughing at you is enjoyment. Don't yes. Who. Don't know who, but they do. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to everybody listening on your uh, favorite podcast platform. Thank you to uh, everybody watching on YouTube and of course on Sastel Max TV on demand. Piffles podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. This is going to be I think there might be some rants this episode. Just a little little heads up one there. Or, one or two, one or two, one or two. Yeah. OK, well, we'll set the over under at one and a half and we'll see where we go. Let's get to the opening kickoff. <laughs> Ah, so last Friday night, seems like forever ago, um, as we record this on a Tuesday night following riders in Ottawa losing 36-28. Uh, really, it was a 36-14 game. Um, riders dropped their, their record to 6-8. and eight. Should we start with the positives? Do you guys want to go positive first? Uh, we're done. Dick- uh, Dick, no, Dickie's <laughs> clapping. Like he, he's in like full clap oh, mode. No, no, no. Oh, I will get into his clapping very, very shortly. Um, I do like want to start he, with the. He, he, he's in playoff clap mode right now. He's he is the championship of clapping. <laughs> I, I I want to start with the positives, and the game started out very positively. Um, the Riders were able to to move the ball. Um, I wanted to see 
Kean Schaefer Baker being a focal point of this offense. Since he came back from injury, we haven't really seen a lot of him. He's just been used as like the fourth receiver. I wanted to see a little bit more now that he's healthy, get him involved in the offense a little bit more, make it a little bit more dangerous. They did that in the first drive. A few passes went to him. He got the touchdown. And I was thinking, yes, okay, here we go. This is going to start opening up things for, you know, Tevin Jones, Sean Bain, who's been kind of missing a little bit over the last couple couple weeks, um, Sam Amelis as well. And I thought we were on to really good things. Sam Amelis had nice touchdown catch, uh, being wide open as well too. So the offense, at least to start that game, I thought was in a good place in the first quarter, even in a little bit in the second quarter as well. So to me, that's a positive about this game was the offense to start. Um, Greg, I know you can't wait to talk about the offense in the second half. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute, but what did you guys see for at least let's start in the first half with uh, some positives. Christian Albright, uh, Christian Albright. Like there were some good individual efforts from guys that weren't expected to be stars, so to speak, or aren't supposed to be focal points. And yeah, Hicks, Hickson took advantage of his of his time when Morrow was out. Christian Albright was obviously playing for a spot next year because once they're healthy again, it's safe to say he's just going to go back in that rotation. He's so playing for a spot this week. Well, and I think too. he played like, him onto the roster again. It's it's great to see there's guys that still have the fire that still want to play. I'm just oh, we'll get to it. Go ahead, Steve. Before I, I mean, before I, I do mean, start you, renting, you you got to start and end with Frank Frankie Hickson. He he took his opportunity and I hate to say it, but he ran with it. You know he he actually so, was getting positive yards right off the bat, and then in typical rider offensive coordinator fashion, we completely ignored the run for the rest of the game. I think he had like three carries in the second half. So first half positives, Frankie Hickson. Second half positives or negatives, not using Frankie Hickson. I, I don't legit, get it. There, there was pockets of Ryder fans like stating that he got benched. And I'm trying to figure out why if he did. Like I it made no missed, sense. If he missed a block somewhere, uh blitz pickup or something, I don't know. But he was the best part of that offense and Jamal Morrow for the last eight games has been pretty much invisible. Um, I, I don't know why you would stop with what's working. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. We saw it from Jason Moss last year. We ranted and raved about it on this show and Kelly Jeffries just falling into the same trap. I don't know what is going on, but is it, like, I, I, are they out coaching themselves thinking that, okay, they think we're going to run, so let's not run and we'll catch them off guard. And then that just doesn't work. Like it, it feels that way to me anyway. The, the I, way I this season is know. going, the only people that the riders coaching staff is out coaching is themselves. There, there is no other, other way. There's no other way to look at it. How do you constantly avoid? And I realize our positives has already ended for the first half, but you know, that's that's all there was. How do you constantly do this to yourself and turn your team into a complete one-dimensional offense, especially when you're rolling out a rookie quarterback? But this is even still if, Dolagala's fifth, what, fifth start coming up? 
you still yeah. want to give him that run game to to get him time to get let him get his feet wet. And when they were using it, the offense was moving the ball. And even if Hickson did miss a block, that doesn't stop them from rolling out Johnson every friggin' game. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that changed the entire scheme that they were going. Like, that changed their rhythm. And the set, and I'm already getting into my play calling rant. <laughs> Ottawa gets a quick touchdown on you. And what would be a good time to slow down the clock, run the ball, get to half. All you need to do is get to half. You're going in, you're going to go in with with the lead and just calm everything down. And they're up there throwing the ball. Why? Run the ball, take run the clock out. It made like it just I, and then the game flipped. The momentum just completely flipped. I completely understand throwing the ball if you start at, you know, the 45, 50 yard line and you can use those 30, 40 seconds to get into to field goal range or to get into some point range. But we are starting deeper in our end. Take the lead into half. That doesn't happen often enough here. Enjoy it when you can. Well, we know this... this team questions or has no ability to make second half adjustments. We can't afford to go into the into the locker room losing. That is never going to work. And it's funny because in the first four or five games of the season, I think all of us did, me especially, commended the coaching staff and Craig Dickinson for being aggressive. And now we're saying you should have been passive here. I think that's kind of funny. Um, but it was all about picking and choosing when you're going to be aggressive. So, um, yeah, at that at that point of the of the to, game, to, to just be get fair, into the to be half. Fair, though. To be fair, though, we also criticized them for being aggressive when it didn't need to be. Like you, you need you need to ride the momentum with your team. And at that point, Ottawa had the momentum. You needed to smother it. And the best way to do that is to run the clock, to slow it down. And coming up throwing, especially in that situation, made no sense. Everything about that last minute of the half made absolutely no sense and it was one of those situations where things just went from bad to worse to worse to worse and everything went one after the other I've, i don't think i've ever seen a team fall apart like that in 30 seconds you know i didn't even know that they gave up the field goal at the end until the beginning of the third quarter because after that interception and touchdown that they got that Ottawa got I took my dogs outside. I was like, okay, they're, they're gotta be just getting the ball back with 20 seconds left and just kneeling the ball. They're going to the locker room. And I came back and all of a sudden, wait, that wasn't the score. And I had to look up what happened and I saw, Oh, they, what gave up another field goal. Okay, cool. Awesome. That's uh that's great. They completely collapsed and uh, this is going to be the game pretty much. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of Ryder nation just felt that final minute of the first half, just, that was an entire microcosm of the game that it just, they let it slip away and then it just got off the rails and turns out that's exactly what happened in the third and fourth quarter until their valiant late effort to try and get back in that game, um, try and get three scores, which I mean, as much as Glenn Suter will tell you, you'll get three possessions in the final three game or final three minutes of the game that it wasn't going to happen. Um, but a positive Mario Alford uh, getting uh, that 
long punt return touchdown. That was great to see because I know he's been close and he's been kind of in a lull. Um, other than that Calgary game earlier in the year where he had two return touchdowns, we haven't seen much else of him kind of since then. A couple decent runs here or there, but nothing major, and, and he got that. So that was nice to see him get back there. Hopefully that uh, the special teams unit can build off that anyway, and we can see more chunk returns from Mario Alford Jr. coming up. Honestly, he's been lighting it up for the last few weeks. He, there's been a lot of kickers that have uh, saved points for the opposition because he has been inches away from breaking them, and you knew one was coming, and that's that's probably the best time for him to get one was right then. It it gave the team some hope going into next week because that last two minutes was the only thing that saved most of Rider Nation from completely jumping off the edge. The thing about Mario Alfred in this and in general, this team is like. As a Rider fan, too many times we have come to games where the Riders just get us to that point where you know you just want to believe that they're going to do it. And that's exactly what this was. Like they had from about five minutes left in the first half to the last two minutes, they had no reason to be in that game. They just could not t- even tie their cleats. That's how bad it was. But Dickie there the entire time. But anyways, I digress. But, and this is this is one of the reasons why, and I know there's a bunch of people calling for O'Day's head along with Dickie's head, is, but when you, O'Day went out and got Alfred Jr. because he knew he needed a guy, a, a playmaker like this. And this is why he is the best return man in the league, best special teams player, not an all-star, but the best special teams player in this league. Maybe this year he'll be an all-star. It's just, this team finds new and creative ways to mess with your brain. Like part of me, like I unfortunately never, I didn't see it other than the highlights after the game. I never saw it down this game, but also I never saw it down this game, which means I had to listen to it on the radio and everyone knows what I think about that. See, that's what you got to do. Like I didn't get use serious XM. I got to listen to AJ, AJ Jackie He's absolutely delightful as He's the great. Ottawa play by play guy. Top great three dude. in the league, in my opinion. Fantastic pairing, those two. Yeah, some people paint pictures and other guys use finger paints, but I digress. Um, <laughs> um, it's... I This team, this play calling, this coaching staff's got to go. I'm sorry. I'm fully on board now. You weren't before? I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. Well, I, I thought there were some guys there that you could salvage. I... Maybe a new a new regime will keep a guy like Naaman around because he's a young coach that can learn. I just don't know how you just don't start over, burn it down. Okay, well, let's talk about that then. We, we're going to touch on it this week and maybe get into it later because we know it's not nothing's going to change right now. It's not going to. It's too late in the year. I disagree with that. I say, what the hell? Make a change. <coughs> Why not? Um, it can't get any worse. Um, and this goes to... Greg talking about Dickie clapping here all the time. That first Ottawa touchdown drive, six penalties against the Riders on that drive. The Riders gave them the touchdown. They showed Dickinson on the sidelines clapping, saying, okay, come on, guys, let's go. Yep. You're clapping. That's your response to the team being so undisciplined. You're clapping. 
Derek Moncrief was awful. He should have been benched in that game. He should have been pulled off, grabbed by the ear, and screamed at like he's a child. Like that's what should have happened. <laughs> Belton Johnson tells a story about how his mom dragged him by the ear to Ole Miss so he wouldn't miss his, uh, he wouldn't get kicked off the off the team. That's what should have happened in reverse to Derek Moncrief. He should have been grabbed and taken to the sideline and said, sit your, you know what, on the bench because you hurt this team. But there is no discipline from this coaching staff. Players know they can get away with doing stuff like that. Nick Marshall's been getting a lot of undisciplined penalties lately. They're not going to bench him. The players know this. So there's no leadership whatsoever, and there's no backbone by this coaching staff to do something about it. So it's, it's to the point where it's, it's where the inmates are running the asylum and it's, it's out of control. It, it got out of control last year and we're seeing the exact same, same things, exact same things happen this year. Craig Dickinson can lie to the media all he wants and say that this is a better team and that I'm a better coach. BS. This is the exact same thing, exact same thing we saw last year. And to like, there, you're not giving anybody faith. I can deal with the team being six and eight or six and 12 or whatever the record's going to be this year. If you see progression, if you see growth from them, that's fine to me. It's like I said about the O-line. I don't mind the growing pains as long as we see some growth. This team has somehow gotten worse. And that has to land with the coaching staff. And that has to land with Jeremy O'Day as well. I think Jeremy O'Day has actually brought in a lot of really good talent. I think when the injuries aren't killing this team, especially in the secondary, they have some really good guys. They have some really good players you can build around. Obviously, there are tweaks that can be made, which you're going to find with any team. But to just stick with the coaching staff right now, they all need to go, every single one of them. There is no reason one of those coaches should be back next year at all. I'm not including Naaman Roosevelt in that one just because he's brand new, kind of like an, an assistant to the coaches kind of thing. He's just getting his career started. I don't mind keeping someone like that around that just knows Rider Nation and what the culture should be, I guess. But there is no culture with this team right now. There's no identity. They don't know who they are. And that starts at the top and works its way down. And I'm just so <laughs> you're clapping when you're giving up penalties. You're clapping. That bugs me my... so much, you guys. <clears throat> and I'm not going to get on the whole fire Dickinson trade uh, because I was on there. Everybody got mad at me for it. And now everybody's on board. But it's just. I want to see something. I want to see some sort of growth. I want to see some aha moment where all of a sudden this team does good and they figure something out, whether it's discipline wise, whether it's whatever, whether it's making halftime adjustments, uh, which this team has no idea what to do. There's none on offense. There's absolutely none on defense. And you see the defense giving up another 200 plus yards rushing. I used to think Jason Shiver should be the guy to lead this team if they got rid of Dickinson. Nope. I sure don't want that anymore. Jason Shivers has the worst defense in this league right now. And it's not even close. 
What's the scary is the second worst scoring offense. And I don't even have a problem with their offense right now. They're actually better with Jake Dolagala than they are with Trevor Harris. Small sample size. They both have about four games and Dolagala scored about six points more a game. So when you're scoring a touchdown more, hmm. I mean, that's good, but the defense has gotten progressively worse and you can blame injuries all you want. I don't buy that. I think there's enough talent there. Yes, they are missing some guys for sure, but there's enough talent there where they shouldn't be giving up 36 points a game. That's unbelievable. But here's here's my problem. It's not even the discipline. Like, yeah, yeah, the penalties are dumb. And yeah, Moncrief should have sat his butt on the bench after getting two penalties at one drive. It is the lack of effort. That last home game, watching Nick Marshall just kind of go, oh, my guy beat me and just like whatever and just watch the other guys tackle. Like that is worse than making a stupid penalty in my mind, because that just shows you're not even trying at that point. You're a professional football player. You are paid to play the game. That sounds familiar. I think I heard that somewhere. Like you, hello, you, you're Wearing paid to Jets play the game. Jersey too. Like, like it's just, just blows my mind that we have got guys that are this close to being the next junior Murtile. Like, I just I don't know what to do. It's like Dicky doesn't inspire. He doesn't cause fear. What does he do? I I said this last week when we were recording, and it's it's the same problem week after week, hell season after season at this point. But when you look at last season when Duke was throwing helmets <clears throat> and spitting on guys, you knew from that moment on players had nothing to fear. When you went through the whole Garrett Marino situation, and basically they did nothing and. Dickinson was, you know, thumbs up in in uh, in his direction. You knew nothing would happen. At this point, the players know no matter what they do, no matter missed tackle, bad penalty, anything, they're they're being trotted out there the next play like it didn't happen. They they have no concern for their jobs. And in a, in a sport like football, in professional football, if you're not concerned about somebody taking your job. You're not trying hard enough. And we're seeing it. And the fact that it's the same problems week after week is what's frustrating to everybody. I mean, five weeks ago, we were talking about this team having a championship quality defense. And all of a sudden, they can't stop the run to save their lives. And their linebacking core is healthy. They just can't hit anybody. 700 plus yards against rushing in the last three games, 700 plus. I haven't seen something like that since the Denver Broncos defense. And I say that as a Denver Broncos fan, like that's embarrassing, especially in the CFL. You should not be giving up that much rushing. And against teams, you know, are going to run the ball because they can't throw the ball. You know what you have to defend. And they couldn't do it. And that's when you know that the problem isn't necessarily talent on the field. It is coaching and it is a staff or team mentality before it's anything else. Because these guys could do it five, six games ago. The I same stand players by. in that linebacking core could do it. And all of a sudden, you can't tell me they've forgotten how to tackle. Not that the more. Good. 
the more and more I think about it, 2019 was the worst thing to ever happen to this Riders team. They caught lightning in a bottle with Dickie and Cody. They thought they had the next path forward, and it was legit a flash in the pan. Cody wasn't what they thought what they thought he was. Dickie wasn't what they thought they was what he was. And we had the most outstanding player, and we were really close to something really good that year. They tried to roll it, try to play it back. And it's gotten progressively worse ever since. Cody's gone somewhere else, being Cody. Dickie is still here, being Dickie, and we're screwed. Like this team should have been rebuilt from the ground up. It, it appears because it's it's fool's gold. It looks like it should be good, and it's not. Eleven straight losses, as uh, Jamie and I. Host of the Green Zone said, east of Elphinstone. Um, and for those that don't know, Elphinstone is the street directly beside the stadium. They have not won anything literally east of the stadium. Yeah. Um, 11 straight games. That's over a season. That's bad. When you have that much talent and with how awful the east has been, um, there's, there's like, I, I don't know, like you got to win a couple of those, right? Like just based off pure talent alone, you should be beating Hamilton. You should be beating Ottawa. I mean, yeah, they haven't played over there. That was their first game in Ottawa since what? 2019, I think it was. Um, yeah. But I mean, you should still be winning a game on the road here or there um, at some point. And you should beat Ottawa at home. Ottawa's record at home sucks. Yeah. I don't like I don't I don't even know what to say anymore about this. Like it's just it's Steve said it. It's frustrating because nothing changes and they can talk all they want. I want to see the walk. You got to walk the walk now. Like it might be too late in the season to change everything, but you're still in complete control of your playoff destiny. This team is still going to make the playoffs. It's going to take a miracle for them not to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying they're making the playoffs. We said the same like, thing last year at around uh, this point. Well, no, for them not yeah. to make the playoffs, legit, they have to lose out, and so does Calgary, and they both play each other. So, like, it's ridiculous. Like, it, it, it's going to take a lot for them to somehow screw this up bad enough to miss the playoffs. Like, they're at some point, they're going to trip over and find a win somehow. Have, have, well, are you new? They? Are you new to Rider Nation? Yeah, I, I know. Absurd is exactly what we're good at. I seven hundred and fifty yards of de- of rushing against in three. I games. understand. I understand what this team is. I just also know this team is also enough to just do enough to skate by to give everyone hope that they're going to make a run. The worst thing that can happen to this team they make the playoffs and squeak out a playoff win. Then how do you clean house? Yeah, it's pretty tough to do that if you're making it to the West final. Picturing an eight and ten uh, win team winning the Grey Cup, and all of a sudden, do you do you fire Dickinson at that point? I, can you well, fire man. a Grey Cup winning coach despite him being absolutely <laughs> atrocious all season can, long? Can you? I, I understand we fired an offensive coordinator for making the West final, but can we fire a head coach for making the West final? <laughs> I mean, you just don't renew the contract. It depends on who else is available. Um, 
unfortunately for everybody that wants changes right now, there's nobody available right now to come in and do it. Oh, and it's too late. About, it's too, and it's I'm talking about four games left. The only option would be Paul Apolis. The, the only way, the only way they actually fire the head coach for the end of the season is if they do get mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Cause and that, that wouldn't happen until the final week anyway. So it's yeah, not going to exactly. happen. So, but we're making the playoffs. I, I don't see, I, I, I try to see a way we could miss and I don't think it's mathematically possible at this point. It's just, if they pull, if they pull off a win, it's, it's going to be, I don't know. I, I'm not going to cheer against the riders, but I would prefer not to see this coaching staff back. Um, one more thing about that game against Ottawa. I just want to make mention of um, Brandon council should have been left in Ottawa. Um, absolutely awful awful i haven't seen an offensive lineman that bad since um last I mean, year i guess evan johnson last year it's like um, 2022 uh, evan johnson yeah. no he's i was gonna say, uh, no uh, was who's worse than him though. we actually get we actually got rid of someone last year because he was that bad uh oh why oh the right tackle name? the right tackle well yes. they went through like three or four different right yeah tackles but last right year. at the start of the year the big he was dude really that bad yeah, everybody was so we, high on yeah, we went from Ottawa. I can't think of his name now. Oh no, he was really bad, and we, we and we we bl- we blamed him, and then it turned out it was also Johnson as well. <laughs> um, who's yeah. who might be our center this week? He might. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that because there are some injuries uh. to the O line. Um, we're gonna talk about that in the preview against BC. Um, I don't know. Brendan Labatt's going to be in the stadium next home game. Do you think he's ready to play? So is Chris Best. Put him up there. Why not? Couldn't get any worse. That's the opening the kickoff. Ty Rogers. <laughs> there you go. Thank Cap you, Steve. Wolf. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty. Let's jump to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Um, we'll take a look around the CFL. There is some rider stuff here as well, too. I want to make mention. This is final call for... 2023 team signed football raffle um, going to CFL fans fight cancer. Um, Is Craig Dickinson's signature on it because it might be a collector's item. Yeah, it's got, uh, yeah, Craig Dickinson's right on the front there, uh, right beside um, Kendall Watson, who just signed his initials. Um, (laughs) Trevor Harris is on there as well, too. So, I mean, it's the whole team signed it. It's, it's an awesome piece. I love it. i really want to keep it for myself, but I'm not going to. Um, but the CFL fans fight cancer raffle for that. Please find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Um, send us a message. It's uh, one ticket for Twitter? five bucks, three for 10, 10 for 20. Um, Saturday is going to be the last day that we accept um, entries. And then uh, early next week, we'll do an online dra- uh, draw for this great piece and there is a second ball, but it is going out to Hamilton for Grey Cup um, to be raffled off there. So, uh, by Carrie Underwood, yeah, and you can possibly get Carrie Underwood to sign it as well too. Um, that's one of the the notes that I have on here. Usher was announced as Usher. Super Bowl yeah. halftime show. No, that's Little John. Stop that. Is, uh, Usher's on it. Yeah, so is Luda. 
All right. That ludicrous part. There better be a ludicrous cameo at the Super Bowl. That's all I'm oh, saying. Uh, they're doing it. They got to do. Yeah, they they're, have to. They right. Got, they have to. Yeah. Isn't it in Vegas this year? Like Lil yes, John is going to be there for sure. Oh, yeah. It's in Vegas. And he, Lil John's just in Vegas in general. So it doesn't Yeah, matter. exactly. Um, but it was announced on Tuesday uh, by the CFL that Carrie Underwood is going to play the Friday night during Great Cup Festival week in Hamilton. Um, that's a huge get. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Carrie Underwood fan other than, you know, waiting all day for Sunday night for the Sunday night football song. Um, but I realize how huge of a get that is to have performed during that weekend. It it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to have a name like Carrie Underwood attached to the CFL. No, look, it doesn't um, <laughs> in any aspect, look what's happening in the NFL with, uh, with Taylor Swift. Um, but that makes me wonder who is going to be the Grey Cup halftime show? Because you would think that it's got to be a bigger name than Carrie Underwood, right? The other half of Florida Georgia line. <laughs> is he allowed to show up? Like, and that, that's when they announced this Carrie Underwood thing today. At first, I thought it was the halftime show. I'm like, holy crap! Like, okay, that's huge. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're getting the two halftime shows. We like, holy crap! The CFL is on top of it. And I'm like, oh wait, it's the opening concert of the festival. Okay, that's weird. Like, so either they got a huge name, or maybe she's doing both. And that was a couple comments that I saw going around today. That okay, well, maybe you because it's she's going to make more money doing the the regular show in front of however many people are in oh, that yeah, stadium, your ticket, 15, ticket 16,000. So oh, your ticket sales are there. Um you're only going to be performing for 15 minutes at the gray cup. You're only making X amount of money doing the gray cup. Maybe she's doing both, but maybe they're just going to let the tickets sell first so that they make a bunch of money and then put her up in Toronto for a couple nights and then bring her back to Hamilton for the gray cup on the Sunday and and play at halftime. Come on. Why why are you putting down Hamilton in their holiday inn? Um, the the other name that I'm he- the other name that I'm hearing, and it would be a pretty big get from the CLF- CFL if they do. And this is only because he's touring in the area. Uh, Great Cup weekend is Bruce Springsteen. He's in Montreal no and way. Ottawa. He's what seventy five years old. He's playing three nights in f- or three shows in four days yep. around Grey Cup. He's not playing four and four. There's no way. I cannot but see it happening. If, if they're going no for a bigger name than Carrie Underwood, there are not a lot of bigger I, names. I would don't get me wrong. Celebrity I, wise, I, I love the boss. There's no way in hell the CFL can pull that off. That'd There's be awesome though. It'd be I, awesome. I don't know. We we probably would have said the same thing about Keith Urban before he showed up. Okay, here here's my problem. How the hell do we get half a Florida Georgia line and they get Carrie Underwood and Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> right. Um, just thinking of who it could be, if it is going to be a bigger name than Carrie Underwood, Nickelback. I don't know if it's a bigger name. Yeah, Nickelback. Honestly, though, they put on a hell of a live show. I've seen them. I know, it's, I, I know it's cool I, to I, hate I know on it, them. It is very cool to hate on them, but they do put on a good show. And actually, I got to admit, I'm getting back into their catalog, and they got some bangers. Yeah, one of them. 
repeated over and over and over. Again. Whoa, easy now. They got a lot. Steve, what's your uh, just? I'm just curious. What's your thoughts on ACDC? I like ACDC. It's exactly the same though. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the same song <laughs> over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. So you, you can't you cannot knock Nickelback's commercialization. They no. have found a sound oh. and absolutely crushed it. And they do. They're, From everything I've heard, they put on an incredible live show. But you can't tell me that they are a bigger name than Carrie Underwood. I'm sorry. Look, if you want the recognition North America wide, which is what you're going to have to try and do to top Carrie Underwood, it's not Nickelback. And they've done a Grey Cup show in the last, what, 15 years. Didn't they do BC or was it Alberta? Uh, no, they did BC because my, my joke when BC, BC versus Winnipeg 2011 Grey Cup, Nickelback yep. was the halftime show. And I said the, the uh, I wanted a stadium fire to win. Sounds about right. And with all their pyro, you had a good shot. I was in the non-alcoholic <laughs> section uh, or the, the no drinking section in that Grey Cup. Uh, for for the record, uh, Carrie Underwood has sold 11, uh, sorry, 85 million records. Uh, Nickelback has won 50, uh, sold 50 million records, but they've won 12 Junos. How many Junos does Carrie Underwood have? Take that, Carrie Underwood. Um, but that would be a huge get as well, though. So, but, but that shows me, though, that they're shooting high here. Like I said, the fact oh. they got Carrie Underwood, even, even if it is just for the kickoff concert, huge deal, like very big deal. Well, and, so, and is there, so they, they, the way that they worded it was she's the headliner of the Friday night. Is there a headliner on the Saturday night too that they're going to announce? And then a Grey Cup halftime show? So maybe there's more to it. I don't know. I hope I so. I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know what's happened with Grey Cup over the last few years, but I remember going back a ways where there was a regular concert series with Grey Cup, and that was a big deal. That hasn't been the case for, I don't even know how long. Like you might see the odd show, but there's no Great Cup Festival concert series. And I hope this is the start of the CFL bringing that back officially. It doesn't they, always they... have to be names like Carrie Underwood. You can have solid talent. You don't need world famous talent to do it. But that was usually a big part of the, the festival as a whole that kind of died out somewhere along the line. They they tried that a little bit uh, last year. They had a few concerts like Corey Hart. Like they had a concert every night last year, um, but yeah, it wasn't Carrie Underwood level. Um, before we move on, one name that I'm going to throw out there that I'd love to see is a band from Ontario, and uh, they're finishing up their tour in Alberta at the end of October. So November is free for them. Billy Talent, I think that'd be awesome. I I like Billy Talent. I agree. I, they wouldn't be a halftime. They'd be like the Saturday yeah, night headliner yeah. at a at a concert series. But maybe the the game day opener, yeah, the the pregame talent. But if you go from Carrie Underwood on Friday night to Billy Talent at the halftime show, yikes! But if you go from Carrie Underwood to almost anybody now, though, right? Like you are kind of running Hon into that same thing. Honestly, I give it back to the Arkells. If you got Carrie Underwood on Friday night, give it back to the Arkells. Everyone in Hamilton will be happy and it'll be a good show. <laughs> you know, I have seen people legitimately call for the Arkells again. 
And that would be a, like as, as great as they are. It was, it was a great, a it was a great show. They put on a great yeah. halftime show. Oh, absolutely. One of the best halftimes I show shows they've done in recent memory. Uh, Alicia Caro is very good as well, but like, it's, you, you don't see a lot of great CFL halftime shows like last year's. I'm sorry. But it was decent enough, but it was still lacking. All right. Well, we'll find out who that's going to be. Um, just one more thing, kind of playing off the whole music and, and football thing. I got to make mention of the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing, um, because well, I got to do this. I, I yes, I, I love it. OK, I think it's great. I know football fans hate it because Taylor Swift is ruining the game by introducing how many more millions of people to football, which is awesome. Travis Kelsey's merchandise sales went up 400%. They're selling, like, yeah, he's outside my homes now uh, in uh, KC. Like, how dare a new audience watch our game, right? Like, how dare that happen? And that's we how had... NFL fans are dealing with this whole thing with Taylor, with Taylor Swift. Like, would you not want the biggest star in the world talking about or being engaged with your league like yeah you want that yeah it's annoying on tv when all you're gonna see is taylor swift for the next couple months but that's good for the game it's great and I we had it. a we had a work event on wednesday at uh, wednesday night just after the whole rumor had come out about that and it was a trivia night and this one the one girl in our group started spouting out random travis kelsey trivia and we, i've known her for a while i had no idea she was a football fan so it's like, oh, who's your team? She goes, Taylor Swift. Like, I get it. I understand. You, there's no, there's no such thing as bad eyes to no. whatever sport you follow. And but she suddenly was too. following along all of the things about about the Chiefs and about the team. And I'm like, I get it. I understand. Respect. You can't knock that. That's what you want. Find any way to get people to watch your sport. It doesn't matter if it's Taylor Swift or whatever it is. It was, I, I laughed. It was, it was funny just the way she did it. But. Now, um, Lieutenant Eric of uh, Edmonton Sports Talk, um, producer of the, the Nielsen, Nielsen Show. show. Um, great Sasky guy, by the way. Um, put on, on, fan too, apparently. Yeah, put on, uh, on Twitter. Okay, so we have Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey in the NFL. What is the CFL's version, relationship version? And I replied to it having a little bit of fun, of course, saying John Ryan on a punt single. Um, Cause those two almost seemed inseparable at the end. Um, yeah, they did. I'm trying to think about it and I don't know, Greg, do you have a good suggestion at all? I got one. For those that are listening only, there's a picture of Chris Trevler and uh, Steve's face uh photoshopped on on strevler's wife um girlfriend whatever she is um so steve and chris strevler yeah i think so that's a that's a good relationship i like that <laughs> he's not even gonna acknowledge that you know he's not even gonna acknowledge he's so it. mad right now he's so mad <laughs> <laughs> but he appreciates I can't say anything i i do i appreciate it but i can't say anything because i don't want to give greg more editing work so <laughs> the, 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 the best thing is i'm like 
you come in, you're like, tell, you said the whatever you want to do in the chat. I'm like, oh, Steve can hear us. Oh, how how fast did he jump in here when I was working on that? Yeah, we were we were absolutely talking about getting that picture photoshopped. Um, yeah. So yeah. But no, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's good. How, any way you can get eyes on football and this entire Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing, like Monday Night Football. Anyone who watched the NFL, I understand we're a CFL podcast, but. Like they were joking about DeAndre Swift and Jason Kelsey on the Eagles last night as the other uh, Kelsey Swift combo. Like it's, it's got it's legs. It's fun. It's fun. And football that's all should that be fun. Football should be fun. Steve, quit, turn that frown upside down. There you go. Hey, that looks like just the same picture you took with Chris <laughs> Trevor the other other day. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's. Jump back here to football. Um, CFL. You're football, lucky this is also football. a video show now. Yes. So I can't. I can't flip you off either. Go ahead. Can, we can tell that you're doing it. We know yeah. you are. Yeah. We we, we, we know what's happening. Here. We know what's happening underneath the camera. It can stay on TV if it's in my mind. <laughs> um, stuff out of out of Rider Nation. We had the announcement a couple uh, weeks ago about some of the players that are going to join for Legends Night, uh, the next home game on October 7th. Um, Corey Sheets, Tyrone Brackenridge, Tristan Jackson, Chris Getzlaff, Neil Hughes were announced. We got another announcement. Brendan Labatt, Mike McCullough, Ricky Foley, and Chris Best are going to join them as well. I'm just wondering if Labatt and Foley, or sorry, Labatt and Best can just throw some pads on underneath the jersey that they'll wear. Um, and go play O-line for a little bit. I'm I'm literally scared that there's another announcement coming. I, I know who I want to be announced, and we all know we want uh, Darian announced. Yep. I'm worried that uh, – how did I put this the other day? I'm worried Ricky Foley walks so John Chick could run. Like, I am I, I am scared that, that – I, I am scared they're going to throw John Chick into just a group announcement. I mean, nothing would take the heat off of the rest of the the playing and the organization quite like that announcement. So I wouldn't quite put it past them, but they're they're bringing back most of the right guys. There's obviously one clear omission that we knew wasn't happening probably. And if it does, it'll be its own announcement. How great would it be to make that announcement the day before the game? Or don't even Uh, announce it and just bring them out at halftime. That stadium would... You you may blow the roof off of it. What little roof there is, it's it's, it's going to depend on ticket sales. The, yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. the only problem with that is ticket sales. Is if they lose here this week to BC in BC, when when there isn't going to be much of a walk up crowd at all. And I mean, it's it's the long weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend. That I that, I won't be the there. Is. I won't be there for the first time in a long time because I'm going to my parents' house. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be traveling that weekend, going out to to mom and dad's place, to grandpa's place, right? Like it's that's the reality of it. And if they lose, people are going to lose a lot more interest in the team. And if you're bringing Darian in, you have to announce that right away. Just this is your chance, Roger Nation, to see Darian Durant. Like however you want to market that, they got to announce that right away if it's going to happen. But. I feel like if it was going to happen, they would have done that already. You'd think or, so. Or, you know, maybe you wait till after the BC game. You get that down from the loss. If 
if it happens, when it happens, whatever you want to say, and then make that announcement. And it might get some of that, that positivity back as you roll into the playoffs. Playoffs. But, but like I said, they, the, I think they've been trying to build up. Like I said, there has to be another series coming out because they did the Corey Sheets thing with the interview yep. with um, Rob Banstone. They they did the Labatt McCullough Foley best thing. Did the interview with Labatt. Like, there's got to be another one coming, if not two more coming. So you're hoping, like, who who are the other stars on that team that are going to make people want to come out? Like, you're hoping like, maybe G Roy, Darian's the obvious one, Dressler. There, I, I I love me Jock Sanders. Love me Jock Sanders. Like, Scored me, in the Grey Cup. Yeah, uh, like Dressler's not on here yet. Like you have to like have they announced they haven't announced oh yeah, they didn't announce yet, love, sorry. Like they have to be building this up. There has to be the main event. And if Darren is not your main event, I don't know who is. I'm in fairy. I actually had someone because you know, I wear twenty two good for that team. He, he was, was very and I, good. I, well, 2022 20, is the number I always wear on my jerseys, and someone <laughs> thought I had a Diamond Fairy jersey. I'm like, I'm not that big a fan. I, if if Diamond Fairy shows up, I just want him to do his one interview with Jamie Nye. Um, That'd be fun. You don't know the story behind that, Steve? Um, no. It was uh, back in 2013. I think it was during that four-game losing streak they had in the in the middle of the season where things were looking bleak. And um jamie wanted to talk to diamond fairy because i think he had a bad game the week before and he just wanted to, to talk to him um and diamond fairy after practice just sprinted out he went straight to the locker room he took off and jamie went to i think it was ryan pollock was the pr person at the time at the time yep. and uh said well what the hell like that's that's who you told me like you're gonna give me somebody else then instead he goes, no, 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 we'll get him, we'll get him, we'll get him. I'll, I'll get you somebody else in the meantime. Um, so Jamie goes out in the parking lot, and Diamond Ferry comes out of the locker room, and that's right where the parking lot was at Taylor Field. And he's eating a sandwich, um, and Jamie just sticks the microphone in his face and starts asking him questions. And Diamond Ferry gave him, like, two-word answers. And, yeah, if you ask Jamie Nye, he is not a fan of Diamond Ferry. So I'd love to see that interview one more time, but okay, only if okay. Diamond's eating that eating that sandwich. I, I I understand this is a very big inside joke that maybe only like two of our seven listeners will understand. Jamie Nye, bigger fan of Diamond Ferry or Mark Messier as the captain of the uh, Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> he does love himself some Mark Messier. Yeah. All right. I think I'm going for lunch with him soon. I'll I'll ask him. I'll see who he likes actually, more. I, I see him all the time now, so <laughs> yeah. I see him more than you do. Um. Okay. Well, normally in the odds and end zones here, we look around the CFL. The one place I want to look at around the CFL is the Calgary Stampeders. Woohoo! <laughs> and I said positives this week, guys. Positives. Positive news. The Stamps suck. And how great is it that the stamps are awful? They're four and ten right now, and like I, I feel like I'm accepting a award. Oh. I, I want to thank uh, the other Dickinson. I want to thank Huffnagel. I want to thank Jake Mayer. Like thank you for not not being good because it's been a long time. 
There are kids who can drive who have never seen the Calgary St. Peters suck. This is fantastic. I don't care there how kids bad can this drink alcohol. in Ottawa. <laughs> There's kids nope. pulling beer that can do this. They still made the playoffs in 07, though. They, were, they almost beat the Riders in that semifinal. Were, uh, it's, been yeah. night, it's been almost two decades since they haven't made the playoffs. Yeah, 2000, I think 2004? Kevin Federick. Well, yeah, 19 years. 19 years. Yeah. Was the quarterback? What was that? That was uh, that was when Matt Dunnigan was the coach. <laughs> I miss Dunnigan as a coach. It well, was for the St. Peters, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if they come calling again, I hope he answers. Um, but no but- matter how bad this season has been, this season is is a success because the St. Peters suck. I will remember this season fondly, if only for that. And when was the last time both Alberta teams missed the playoffs? I honestly can't remember. Oh, it must have been. It has to be the nineties, right? I am certain. Voice of the Riders actually put it out there. Uh, Vance like said something. It's been that. forever, and that's likely going to happen this year. Um, so the good thing for the Riders is that. They got their wins early and wins in the first third of the season mean just as much as they do now in the standings. So getting those wins was huge and the stamps find ways to just blow games and it's great. Like I'm the riders won't win the great cup, but I'll take solace in the fact that Calgary was awful and was worse. That makes me happy guys like I, I don't know how else to explain it but that makes me happy so great it is like like i said it's been almost 20 years it's it, it is hard to explain the feeling that i that i've got right now i'm just in shock really <laughs> and especially because you know something's going to happen they're going to go they're going to get rid of Jake Mayer they're going to put in some random quarterback and he's going to be the next future hall of famer and they're going to go on a 20 year generational run like they just had like you know something's going to happen I, because of course I, it is i know what's going to happen we're going to stick with Trevor Harris Jake Dolagala is going to sign in Calgary like like Burris did years ago and turn that franchise around if you're Jeremy O'Day or if you're a new general manager for the riders, what do you do here for 2024? I think you have to find a way to have both Dola Gala and no, Harris. No, you on. do. You, you sign both. 100%. You, you, well, will Harris Dola Gala want to be the backup? Harris is here. It's, it's, it's Dola Gala that's going to be the issue. Dola Gala's got, you got to sign Dola Gala to a, tell me he's going to compete. That's the only way you can do it. Your your best bet with Dolagala is you sign him to a two or three year deal that has some heavy numbers in that second and third season. And you can guarantee those numbers because he's coming off a rider contract. So you can guarantee some of his salary in years two and three and say, Hey, we're gonna go into twenty twenty four with Trevor Harris and you, but you're our guy going forwards. And you give him that number. But then if you're gonna do that, just roll with him. I don't know. I don't know what the right option is. I don't know. I just, you got to find a way to get both. Cause I do think Jake Dolagala is the future of this team. He's been quite impressive. I think with, he still needs some coaching. He's still very green, but 
I think he with needs to the stop right coaching eating buttery and... popcorn right before going <laughs> yeah. out into the huddle because damn. Yeah. I mean, having a right tackle that could help block would be nice, but um Whoa, whoa, let's not ask for easy too much. now. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. One step at a time. <laughs> Put the popcorn down first, then get a right, right tackle to block. I get it. Maybe maybe it's corn of the cob. You never know. That stuff gets pretty slippery too. Is that a Taylor Cornelius comment? Eh, no, that's just okay. I think one day I talked about Jake Dolgal <laughs> eating corn on the cob and old Josh doesn't let me forget about it. Um all right. Well we'll take a look at the game here this week coming up right away. Uh the Regina Thunder are in Saskatoon to face the Hilltops this upcoming Sunday. Both teams coming off big wins. Um Hilltops anytime... are undefeated. Hilltops yeah. are undefeated and the only loss the Thunder have is against said Hilltops. Uh, Banjo Bowl weekend sucked because I expected the Thunder to at least throw a punch, and they came in a little sluggish. I'm hoping – look, this past Sunday they looked focused. They absolutely took the boots to the uh, Calgary Coats, who beat the Winnipeg Rifles, which usually never happens. So the Colts are a good team this year. So I'm hoping that the game in uh, – uh, Saskatoon is going to be a lot better than it was uh, at Mosaic Stadium on Banjo Bowl weekend. So either way, it's going to it should be a good game. It's going to be fun. Oh yeah! Anytime these teams get together, it's usually a pretty pretty solid game. Yeah. It's um, a, it's a slugfest. And then uh, next week will be the Thunder um, season finale, at least regular season home game. Um, we have tickets to that to give away. So. Uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that because we'll give away the tickets next week uh, for that game. Another game I'm going to have to miss because I'm out of town. You're just so part-timing it. My goodness. Uh, Blame my parents for moving to Lethbridge. I will, actually. (laughs) I will, too. They will hear about it all weekend. I'm missing a Ryder game and a Thunder game because I love you. That's all they're going to get. I'm sorry. are Are you in Lethbridge for Thanksgiving? I am. God damn it. So am I. Are you in Lethbridge for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm staying home. Yes. yes. Thanksgiving together. Not a chance. <laughs> me, me, Steve, and Chris Trevler are in Lethbridge for Thanksgiving. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? I thought he'd drop out there for sure. I thought he was going to yeah, leave. I, I, I was, I was tempted. If I, Greg and I have a bet on when you're going to drop out, so <laughs> I was really hoping that was going to be it. Uh, appa- apparently, we should have done it at the uh, the first take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right riders lions this upcoming friday at 8 30 um it all signs point to bc blowing them out it's another road game for the riders the last four games on the road 31 13 loss to toronto 41 12 loss in montreal the, the good news is it's west of elphinstone yeah 51 6 to winnipeg 36 28 really th- 36-14 to Ottawa. There's no reason why this team should win on the road right now. There's none. They're not giving us any hope to do that. Get add in the fact they can't stop the run, and uh, Taekwon Mizell or Mizell Senior is having a really good couple last couple games. Anyway, running the ball uh, had a huge touchdown run, seventy plus yards against Edmonton last week. We're, we're in. Is there a chance? In- we're into the podcast fantasy playoffs starting next week. I have none of my rosters selected. 
except for myself. I know that he's going front and center as my team captain. I mean, when you give up 700 yards against the run over three weeks, and this is against a team that could actually, you know, throw the ball, this is going to look like, to me at least, this has all the makings of a repeat of the Bantha Bowl. Okay, we've already played the Lions twice, and the Riders held them in check. I understand that was very early in the season when this defense was playing very, very good. I took my Zell in those games early in, in, the, in that because the Riders are known not to stop the run. They kept him in check. I am hoping they have not forgotten everything they did for those first two games. It appears, based on the last month, they have, in fact, forgotten everything. This it, week. Oh. No, go ahead. It, it doesn't look good for the, the Riders. That's all I'm saying. Craig Dickinson this week. They're doing shorter practices this week so they can have more time for film work and get physical rest. I don't buy into that personally. What do you guys think? Is that, is that something that could be used? Like as an advantage I, for the riders? I've heard from many guys in the media who've been to many practices. We were at many practices in past, like what, 2019 and before. Apparently rider practices, even before this, were like nothing anyone's ever seen before. They've always been pretty laid back. Which is, I actually heard someone comp compared to, call it the snowboarder uh, coaching practices, which of course is a semi-shot at uh, Craig Dickinson, as who's also a snowboard instructor and in used to be a snowboard instructor in the offseason. He might still be, I don't know. Um these are not your typical football practices. They never have been. I don't know if going less physical for a team that needs to be physical is best. I understand you only have so many padded practices. I This just seems like... Oh, Penelope. Sorry. <laughs> I got distracted by a very cute dog. Yeah, Penelope wanted to come say hi. That's the I, best thing we've seen in Alex's window. I'll I'll show, pretty much, forever actually. Yeah. Uh, I I don't understand how turning the burner down is going to help a team that has trouble with being aggressive, being on top of things. I I this seems going backwards, to be honest. What they should be doing, I don't know what the football equivalent of a of a bag skate is, but that's Lines. what they need to be doing. Because nothing this team has done over the past three weeks would make anybody look at that team and go, you know, I think y'all deserve a break. Let's let's just chill out. Let's watch a movie. You know, we'll we'll just hang out. We don't need to work on you know tackling. What yeah, they need to do is take that all this year. Take that rolling donut, and that's all you do all practice. I don't care if you're offense or defense. Everybody get out there and just hit the damn thing because. You never know who you're going to need to get uh, to make a tackle over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. Just pra practice that. Nothing else. Just use the tackling dummies. But to shorten practices and lower the intensity is an absolute joke. Now watch, they'll win, and you know we'll we'll have to backtrack on this. But just a I ain't. beyond I'm, I'm sorry. Decision. 
I, I, I won't. This this seems to be going completely backwards. This does not seem to I, I don't see anything in any football history that says you know, you know what teams that are struggling need? Less practice. That just seems completely backwards. Um and then you add on in the injuries this week. Um Peter Godber. Oh. And Philip Blake both missed day one on Monday. Uh, Blake was back on day two on Tuesday. Godber still out, which had Evan Johnson at center. Bandy and Ferland were at guard. Um, but Evan Johnson was getting reps there at center just in case. If Godber's out, well, one, I don't know why you would move Ferland back. He has played so well at tackle. And if you can keep him out there, why wouldn't you? But whatever, I get it. You want to have the strong interior and put out more pylons at tackles. That's what they seem to like doing lately. So whatever. Um, but having having Blake back is so big, but losing Godber here is is a big one. And if you're why, why, roll... why are you putting Johnson at center? See, Bandy was the I don't Bandy know. Bandy was the backup center. Yeah, Bandy is it. the center. In that, like, that's I don't know. I like I I, I don't I don't know. I really don't understand that. And it's then baffling. The BC's only team. way this makes sense to me is if they know Goober's. Sorry, Godber. Goober. <laughs> I, I can't stop calling him Goober every time. Um, <laughs> Because I saw it once on a depth chart. It's just been Peter Goober ever since. That's what that's what Furlan calls it at work too. Is Peter in, Goober in capital letters? Yes, it does kind of yeah. look like Goober. Um, with the only thing to me is if if they know he's going to play and they don't want to move Bandy out from where he is, <coughs> and they know they they know he's going. That to me, that's the only thing. That, the only way this makes sense is just keeping the rest of the line the same and uh, and just running with it because you know Johnson's your sixth sixth guy so maybe give, give him a little work at at center he doesn't normally play there at all so other than that it's questionable at best but have we come to expect anything different from this staff <laughs> good point um anthony lanier uh missed day one but he's back day two here micah johnson on the d-line missed day two due to illness hopefully it's nothing major uh and he does play this game um, but to me, the big thing was Jaden Dalkey being back. Um, because Dave I've Dalkey energy. Yeah. Like this, the secondary especially has been so soft without him. He plays hard. He plays fast. He's physical and they need that kind of big Dalkey energy in that secondary right now. And I like the way Jackson Ford's been playing. I think he's going to be a really, really good one uh, for a long time here in the CFL. But just Jaden Dalkey's physicality is something that is needed um, by this team right now. And that, to me, that's the, at least on defense, that's the big one. You're not going to hear me argue with you because if, if they can find a way to get Dalkey and Ford back there, not only is that a great ratio um, uh, coup for the riders, but that's a lot of energy because both those guys seem to like to, like to hit anyone that's in their vicinity. 
Oh, Ford on specials is a treat to watch. Dalkey on specials is a treat to watch. Like they both aren't scared to th throw the body, and that's great. For the they, good they of the anti-mertile. For the good of Rider Nation, I have decided not to put big Dalkey energy on the back of that game worn 38 jersey because I want to see him last the rest of the season. So thank you. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. So you're welcome. I will not make that thought. I will not allow that thought to uh, to escape my brain again because the curse is real. I mentioned it and he's been out, what, four, four weeks? Or was he out six weeks? No. No, I don't know how long he's long. been out. No, it hasn't been long. Yeah. Either way, yeah. let's uh, let's keep him healthy. We need him on the field because he gives that extra little bit of fear to anybody going over the middle because he's going he's going hard. No, that, that was Labor Day, wasn't it? Labor Day, he went. Yeah, up. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, well, I'm going to be the positive one here, guys, because no. any time that, especially this year, we said this team should get blown out. They play their best game of the year. I think with, I don't know if they can, if Dickinson's an us against the world guy, um, if that's his rah-rah speech, but for some reason, for some teams that works, I don't get it. That wouldn't motivate me. Um, but all the chips are literally against the riders this week. They're everyone's putting their money on BC. Rightfully so. So this is the week to shock them. And I think the riders actually do it this week. Um, so with that in mind, let's get to our pick them here. Um, that'll be the second what, game. We what's in about. your cup there, Alex? A mm -hmm. <laughs> um, little concerned. No comment. Um, <laughs> that'll be the, the rider game will be the second one we talk about because it goes in order. And the first game on the Friday is going to be Toronto at Winnipeg. Who everybody wanted I, just, I just, I just looked at it. Oh my God. Everybody <laughs> wanted to see Toronto against Winnipeg and Chad Kelly against the bombers. That's not going to happen. Chad Kelly's not going to play. It's going to be Cameron Dukes Holy starting, crap. which if I'm Toronto, I'm not playing Chad Kelly this game. No way against that defense. No, no not a chance. Oh, who called them uh, putting uh, Andrew Harris on the sixth game? Oh, you're gonna hit the ding, aren't you? You know I am. You know I am. Uh, Too late. The yeah, moment's there gone. You go. yeah. When it takes that long, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. Open. Sorry, I, I was opening. I was opening the uh, spread window. Um, but Toronto's going to do load management right now. They're gonna do the whole Kawhi Leonard thing. They're gonna bench guys here and there. Um. I think AJ Ulet's playing this week. He didn't play last week. Um, he was on one game last week. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna rotate this just to keep guys fresh, keep guys healthy, and hopefully for them nobody gets injured. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't play Chad Kelly. So if you're gonna rest him here, they're probably gonna play well, him the next couple games. Apparently, maybe apparently rest he's him for supposed half to, he's, he's not completely sad. He's gonna play a couple of these. Then. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, well, let's guess the lines here. I'm assuming now it's it moved be... a lot. It moved a lot, <laughs> probably with the news of Chad Kelly. I bet. Um, I'm gonna say right now it's probably sitting at Winnipeg, like minus five and a half. Well, I know, I know it was minus three before for Winnipeg. I'm thinking minus seven and a half. Wait, Steve got me? it. It's it's it started at minus. 
Minus two and a half. It's now minus seven and a half. Oh yeah, I'll take the bombers on that. They're uh they're a much different team at home. Yeah. Uh, give me the spread, the points. Uh the over under is fifty over under sixty and a half. I might, might take, take the under on that one. Yeah, I think so. That it, it, that's Charles. a big one. It's it, that's where it started, and I think it's yeah. I think the under is a safe play on that. Yeah, I I've got the yeah bombers with the spread. They they're gonna put their foot down Toronto's throat to prove something against nothing. And Winnipeg's still playing for first place, right? So you know they're gonna come out with that extra and coming off a bye week. And Zach Claros after a bye week is pretty dominant. So yeah, they'll be they'll be ready in Winnipeg. And they have to think their opponent is, or their the team they're battling for first is likely going to win. So they need to win to keep keep pace. Yeah, and, and just a just a heads up, the next three lines have only moved half a point. Oh, okay. Um, so the second one, um, the Ryder game, Riders at BC, and BC is going to be favored. My guess is probably eight and a half. No, I nine and a half. Start at nine and a half. It's now ten. Wow. Um, I'll let you guys go. What do you guys think? I don't have your hope. I think I don't think BC is going to cover. I think the Riders are actually going to show up, but I think BC is going to win. I think the Riders cover that ten points. Uh, the over under is forty seven and a half. As actually forty seven and a half is the rest of the over unders. The the defense has been embarrassed the last three weeks. If they don't show up in this game, I if if they can't get going this one, then it it's over for them. This this is the must show up. They don't have to win, but they have to look competitive. They have to be able to look like they might be able to stop the run better than a a wall of paper mache. But I still have I have BC and the spread. I just don't see them keeping it close. Nothing the team has shown me lately would lead me to believe otherwise. If Ottawa can beat that spread or come close both, to both, it, both games so, so again, both games against the Lions, the Riders held in tight. I, I sure. want to say they can. I I, I want to say they can do it, but it's been a weird. We played them early in the season, and now we were playing them late. I don't know. I mean. I, I think I, 10 points is a lot in the CFL. I understand they've been – the Riders' defense has let up a lot, but I think they'll, they'll stay tight. But then again, it's a late game in BC, and those games have never been good for the Riders. We were down by 21 to Ottawa with two minutes left. 10 points is not a big spread in the CFL. I just – it's – and I realized we kept them close for two games. That, that offense in BC will let go at some point. And I think this is the game they do it. They've Aren't they've they? held them in check well. I just think this is the one they finally uh, explode on us. And BC is getting Dominic Rhymes back for this one too, so that's super sweet. Um, there is absolutely no reason for the Riders to win this game. When you look at recent, the last three games and just how things have trended, there's absolutely no reason to believe that the Riders are going to win this. And every time I say that the Riders are going to get blown out, they play the best game all season long. So the, the la- Riders, last time the, the Riders played the, the BC Lions, you said they were going to get blown out. The they Riders won. are going to get blown out. So take that for what it's worth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm being 
the superstitious fan, BC is going to blow them out and it's not even going to be close and the riders win. If I'm being a, the optimist this week, which out of the three of us, I absolutely am. I think they show up this week. I really do. I truly believe that because they have to, if they don't hear, then you have a game against Hamilton, which your crowd's not really going to be into because you've lost four straight games and, and everything's going the same way it was last year and nobody's going to care. And then you got the one game that matters against the Calgary Stampeders because really that's the only game the Riders need to win this year Legit for the rest matters. of the season yeah. is, is that game. Um, but I really think this is the game they show up. They have to. They absolutely have to. The Riders cover and I'm going to say they win outright. Wow. All right. I have no basis behind that whatsoever. They shouldn't based on, you know, playing the game on paper and with what we've seen lately, the Riders win this game outright. It's so cute uh, when they still have faith. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Listen, I got my new Riders sweater or jacket on. With that sweet CFL logo sweet. on it. CFL logo on it. <laughs> totally authentic. Totally authentic. I picked it up and beautiful. Picked it up in Musiman because I'm smart like that. <laughs> um, thank you, Greg. Um, did you get a bucket of chicken too? Greg, did you get a well no, I didn't buy it at the red barn. Do you guys need me to bring you home? Do you guys need me to bring you guys chicken while I'm out here? Yeah, you should know this by now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Plus, I got 25% off at the store right now, uh, router store right now. So the one hoodie that I really want, I think I'm going to go get. So, go. yes, a little bit of hope. Um, I think they Actually, think. I think I, there's a discount in the Piffle shop right now, too, if anyone wants. Oh, there you go. Piffles, yeah. Pifflespodcast.com slash shop. Um, third game of the week, Montreal at Ottawa. Um, probably Montreal by five and a half. I don't think it's that much. Three, four, four and a half. Two. That's it. Wow. Ottawa, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ottawa apparently showing up uh, against the Riders. I've really thought they can beat Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss. Give me uh, Montreal to win. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, only two <laughs> points. Point, that obviously. Is, yeah, that's easy. I. That's easy in Montreal call. I'm going to take Montreal but not the points. I think they win by one. What? Just for win fun. By exactly for one. Fun. Exactly one. That's where you can call uh, the tie at this point. No, it's not Calgary. Yeah. Uh, well, the Stampeders, could they tie this game against Hamilton is the final game of the week. Um, if Hamilton wins this, they basically clinch. I think they clinch a playoff spot if uh, Hamilton wins this because they put it at, they, that would put them at seven wins. And then that would pretty much kill any crossover hope because the fourth place you have to get eight wins. And if Calgary wins out, which obviously if Hamilton wins this one, Calgary won't win out. Calgary would be be topped at seven wins. Yeah, this is, this is it. If Hamilton wins, they, they clinch a playoff spot. So Calgary and Hamilton, I'm guessing. Jeez. I don't even know. Hamilton by, Three and a half. God, they're both so bad, though. 
Yeah. No. Three and a half. Yeah, it sounds good. John Ryan special. She's a one point game. For Hamilton? Yep. Yeah. Jake Mayer sucks. Give me Hamilton. Just just to watch the fall continue. Yeah, Hamilton's yeah, yeah. gonna Give win. Calgary's out of the playoffs, and everything's right in the world. It'll be a good week in the CFL. The Riders will win. Calgary will get put like basically out of the playoffs. It'll be awesome. If if the Riders win and Calgary loses, the Riders will basically clinch a playoff spot. The magic Which, number would be one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Either a Rider win or one Calgary loss the rest of the way in the final three weeks. How yeah. delightful. Imagine you being able to rest your team because they suck just enough to clinch third. Not fighting for first or a home playoff game, just enough that you're, you know, you're you're just barely in there, so you can take that all those short practices and film room things. The Craig Dickinson way. <laughs> and with that, I think uh, we've been going for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, we, a well, consider, it took it took us four tries to get here. It's it's a, yeah. it's a long recording. <laughs> the sad part is the one you you just watched was our best version. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad the first three were. <laughs> Sorry about that, you guys. Um, but anyway, enjoy the games uh, this weekend. Um, enjoy the Ryder game. I think it'll be close. I really, really, really do. And I think the Riders win. Um, God, I feel like Steve saying that. I was like, uh, when did we switch roles? How, how, how dirty do you feel right now? How dirty do you feel? Does this mean Me? I have to start liking Chris Strebler? Yeah. God damn it. I don't want to do that. I'm not ready for that. We can't switch roles. We can't do it. Riders win. I'm taking the homer <laughs> roll back. There you go. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, well, that'll be it for us this week here. We'll be back again next week talking about the Riders win against the BC Lions and looking forward to Legends Night uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, of course, Piffle's podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Terry Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thank you, as always, to Kathy Festian of Royal Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making the show possible. Thank you to uh, people watching on YouTube, uh, listening anywhere you get your podcasts, watching on Sastel Max. We appreciate it. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The ghost-